0: All right, welcome to another episode of Tea Time at PhysioX. Today, we have Chris, bro, I can never say your last name, Matagrano. There you go. Okay, I've been saying it right this whole time. (laughs) So, Chris (laughs) Matagrano, personal trainer, and in my opinion, one of the the most knowledgeable people I have in the field. Uh, We work very closely together from a trainer to therapy relationship, as well as he also program for some of our clients at PhysioX as well, and pleasure to have you here today.
1: A pleasure to be here, so.
0: Absolutely. All right, so let's start off with
1: the obvious. How tall are you, bro? Six foot eight, so. I, like I used that. to lie when I played basketball, though. I would tell them I was six foot nine, just because, like, I was trying to, I was trying to sell myself a little bit <laughs> more. Especially, like, when I, so I played overseas, and so. Yeah. Trying to, it's like, the difference between six eight and six nine over there, they'd be like. Oh, it's,
0: right. like, it's like it's like a it's like five nine to five ten yeah, exactly. for normal people.
1: Exactly. <laughs> okay, it's like it's like when somebody's trying to date somebody, and it's like I'm six foot. It's like no, you're not. You're five. Okay, so that's a cutoff for like big man. Yeah, six, exactly. Eight, like I was six nine, nine, and so that's what I always tell people. All right, so, cool. I think realistically, I'm six eight. So
0: all right. Well, tell me about this. Well, you're only. Your closest person I know to play pro ball because you played, uh, what,
1: overseas? How long were you playing? So I played for five years. I was in Denmark, Slovakia, Portugal, Spain, and Colombia. Yeah. So it was a good time, but it was definitely, it sounds better than it actually was. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because, the- you know, I thought, you know, playing pro ball is, is kind of the shit, man. It's like I was hoop dream. dreams. Hoop yeah, dreams. exactly. Yeah. It was a dream, but, like, there were some places I was that were better than others, like, where I was at in Slovakia. Like we had uh, on paper, it was like a four star hotel. We had access to like pool, hot tub, massages once a week. Um, and so, but then when you actually think about it, it's like, oh, we live in a hotel. So I don't have a kitchen. All right. And then we found out like that the guy giving the massages was our general manager who had no idea how to give massages. So, we just, <laughs> <laughs> so we just be sitting there like once a week, you're just getting the crap beat out of you by this random guy and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so, when you find that out like a month later no my first time when he started punching my back i'm like <laughs> something's not right here yeah. and so uh like then we start we won our first couple games and then we started losing and then uh they like stopped feeding us as much and so i'm like i don't have a kitchen Wait, what do you mean they stopped feeding you like well i lived in a hotel so they were in charge of like what we ate we started losing so they stopped giving us as much food like, i have like <laughs> a little scoop like this of rice and like a piece of chicken. We had two practices a day. I'm like, I'm dying. I lost 30 pounds in three months. It was crazy. They could do that? <laughs> well, they did. <laughs> Ew, that is and so crazy. At that point in time, I was eating like super clean. And like, and so I wasn't like all the other, my other teammates would go and like buy like cakes and stuff. And, like that's how like they maintained all their size. And like, I was just like, no, like I'm eating like these apples or like <laughs> just whatever I could. And then I like just, just like screw it. And then, wow. so, eventually I left there. I got, um, I had some visa issues, so I left, and then I went to Spain afterwards, and I was, like, 30 pounds less. Mm-hmm. I played the rest of my season in Spain, and then I went back to the same team in Spain the following year, except I was, like, 30 pounds heavier, because I put back on all my size, and They're like, what happened to you? You're a different person. So, but, yeah, so there were some positives and negatives, but yeah. the coolest part, though, was, like, getting to, like, see these other cultures. Like, you've been places, like, you've traveled, but... You can go someplace for two to three weeks but when you actually go there and you're there for like nine months like you're actually part of these people's lives and like these other countries and so to me that was like one of the coolest parts about
0: it yeah what what what, tell me more about that tell me more about being so immersed in this
1: other culture like what do you gain from that so i feel like you know depending on where i was but like some of the places like you almost got accepted like into like part of their family. Like one of the places in um in Spain, we would walk to we would eat there on the weekends. So we had this rest. like we would in the two places I play in Spain, we would always eat in restaurants. <coughs> and so like that's what they would pay for. And one of the restaurants was on the weekend and like they had like a little kid and, or two little kids and like they'd come running up to us like every weekend and like they'd show us like their t- new toys that they got to play with and it was just like I didn't understand the word they were saying because I never spoke any of the languages (laughs) anywhere I went. But this little kid, all excited, sitting there showing us his toys. And so it was cool to be able to be part of families like in other places and see how people can be like so accepting of you when you've like, they didn't know me. Like, they didn't have to, all they were doing was cooking food for me. Like, they didn't have to accept me in the way they did. So Mm -hmm. stuff like that was cool. And then, I think it also translates well to like what I do now. Like I grew up in a blue collar town where everybody was like worked hard but it was always just people who did similar jobs or especially like in my eyes as like an 18 year old and then when I went overseas it's like you start to see how you relate to somebody in this other country and like how you learn how to work with these people whether you don't know how to speak the same language as them or like just coming from different walks of life and different priorities. So I think that's the things I got out of it the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, here's what I realized from just like traveling and seeing different
0: cultures is that everyone is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. We're all we're all human. You don't have to understand the language to know when someone's upset. You don't need to know the language to know when someone is feeling anxious or frustrated or when they're happy to see you. It's, it's just there's this energy that you can just kind of pick up that's super powerful. Yeah, Now, definitely. Okay, so now you got your whole pro journey now. Now you stepped out of
1: there, and then you started as a personal trainer, or when did that take place? So, yeah, once I was done playing overseas, I, I had an idea, of like, my last year of what I wanted to do. Right. And so, like, I started, like, looking into, like, the NASM certification, mm-hmm. and I thought, once I was done with overseas, I was like, oh, like I took my certification, passed it. I was like, this is going to be an easy job, like right. so simple. And then I started to realize like my first day where my Andrew said to me, he's like, are well, the four muscles of the rotator cuff and like just put me on the spot. And I was just like, uh, uh, and just froze for a second. Right, and right. I, then he just looked at me he's like, what are you still doing here? Like, go find out. And I was like, right off the bat, I was like, all right, I need to know more like there's more out there that i have no idea and things are going to be really relevant to these people that i'm working with so i thought right after basketball i was like oh like i've seen so much like i've had all these different types of coaches and they all some good some really bad um they all sort of guided me on this way of it's like i'll be fine i can just pass this all along to like my clients and then yeah it's like i know nothing i need to learn more so yeah so after that you just get hit with that with that yeah. drill so you kind of change your life yeah exactly. <laughs> like, like, all right. i tell i tell them all the time like that was like one of the biggest things that changed like my trajectory as a trainer i was like getting called out like day one like right off the bat it was like hey like you don't know as much as you think you do and it's like that's okay cuz you can go find it and it's like mm-hmm. as long as you know how to find it and you're hungry to find it You'll be fine yeah. so i think that probably is one of the most powerful thing for
0: me as well coming out of school is just knowing that there's so much that you don't know yeah and i think the journey to get to that point i think everyone needs to make that journey make that trek because once you feel like you know everything that's when
1: that's when you stop growing well i've always wondered this about you because like you obviously have a little bit of a different philosophy when it comes to like physical therapy than like probably where you started and what's necessarily taught right off the bat at school. Like how did you get to that? Like what like what steps were there was there that sort of brought you down that path?
0: Just failing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just trying everything that I thought was gonna work and and having it not work and having it go completely in the opposite direction questioning the things that i learned in school and the textbooks and going like i follow everything to the key why isn't this person getting better so that makes you do a little more research on your own and gets you to understand things a little bit further And the further i dive the further i realize that there is a nervous system that controls how your body positions itself in space and then there's the joints where the muscles connect to and there's you know and then there's connective tissues and all of that and, and the further I dive deep into the subject, I realize there are hierarchies of what controls what first. And it seems that the nervous system has been kind of forgotten in a lot of the, the things that we teach in school. We think about muscles and we think about the joints, but this is, if this is not really working well, everything else is not gonna work well. Yeah, I think, same as you, just not like being called out directly, but being called out by patients in the past saying, look, I don't feel better. And, it, and for me, it's like a huge imposter syndrome, right? Because I'm like, well, you should, because <laughs> the textbook said. <laughs> yeah, but if only it was that simple. Yeah. So, yeah, so it just brought me into this journey and just learning to understand humans, that was, that was big. Like, you can't treat someone based on injury. And I'm sure you kind of know that for training, you can't just train everyone the same way. If you try that, you're going to fail miserably (laughs) to the point where you want to just quit. (laughs) It's just not worth it anymore.
1: You know, it's sort of where my philosophy is sort of moved to, like, um, you know, talking about, like, each person's, like, individual. Like, I feel like each person, the way I look at it is each person who comes in that works with me or just each person in general is looking for this answer and it's like so you have to try to come up with this equation that can get them to the answer it's like if somebody's goal is to lose 10 pounds it's like okay easy a couple nutritional changes like easy equation five plus five equals 10 like obviously like you do the math in terms of calories and things like that but easy equation simple answer but then real life starts to hit and you have this person it's like they've got three kids um their significant other travels for work all the time now they can only get to the gym once a week they've never really lifted hard um they don't have time to cook for themselves so they have to constantly eat out and it's like okay their equation just became infinitely more complex and there's still a bunch of equations that can get them to their like end goal but trying to what i always try to do is like what's the easiest equation to get them there and it's like there's a bunch of trial and error with that one too. It's mm-hmm. like sometimes you come across that. And it's like, oh, we just failed miserably with that one. It's like okay. we thought this was gonna be the thing that was gonna set you over the top, and it didn't. So, hey, that's exact same for rehab. Yeah,
0: you know, that's there's a whole spectrum from personal training to rehab. Is we're doing the same thing, and I think the, the way that we get from A to B is very similar. to The way we think about it. It's just when we oversimplify things where we run into some trouble. But here's, so I've seen a lot of your clients, you refer a lot of clients to PhysioX. Uh, Adrian and I, we've seen a lot of your clients now. One thing that everyone say,
1: just how much they love you. Like, why do people love you so much, man? Like, what's what's the deal? So I think that one of the things that most of my people, or one of the reasons a lot of my clients like me is just, I genuinely want the best for them. like, I try to, everything that I'm trying to learn, like, one of the reasons I put such a emphasis on, like, my own education is so I can help them get to, like, their next step and, like, what they're looking for, like, um, and I have my own, it's like, I want to do it to help myself as well with, like, my own workouts and my own goals, but it's, like, primarily I do it because I want to figure out what's the best way to get them to their, like, solution, like, how can I figure out their best equation and, it's like I genuinely put them first. It's like each, per, each of my clients, like I try to give that same attention to and I think that's why most of them are, um, most of them really like me and hopefully it's also part of the fact that like I can understand where they're coming from and it's like I've seen like different cultures and like I've seen different walks of life like we were talking about like when I was overseas and it's like, all right, I can relate to you even though you're in charge of something I have no idea about or it's mm-hmm. like, but we can still find common ground. Yeah. So. Yeah. What, like you said, reading people. And it's reading like people. I can sort of read their, or not that great at reading their emotions, but it's like I can match that. So, yeah. At the end of the day, if you
0: recognize there's a person in front of you and not like a weight loss person or like a or a a pex person, <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Once you can make that connection, I think things are to flow a lot easier yeah so yeah if you want bigger chest
1: it's like oh it's really simple but it's like but then when you weigh everything else it's actually really hard it's like yeah it's like okay you're gonna need to eat more and you've never eaten more it's like okay you're gonna need to be able to come into the gym this many days or be able to get this many sets or push this close to failure and it's like those things become much more complex but it's like learning how to work with somebody move them move the constantly move the chain closer in that direction so Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. So let's get a little nerdy right now. <clears throat>
0: and I wanna talk about what are you what are you learning now? Like what's what's kinda like piquing your interest in the moment in the whole realm of personal training.
1: So I went through the N one certification and so I did their biomechanics course and then they had a programming course which got really complex and I wanna re go through and then they had a nutrition course that sort of loops in with like their style of programming. And so I'm going in December to Colorado for, he yeah, has like a subsection of that based on like fat loss clients. And so mm-hmm. how can, I forget if it was fat loss or like recomposition clients, but sort of going into like what's happening on like the cellular level for like when you program something. So mm. for example, Um, if you're trying to focus on something like an AMPK phase which you would do for somebody who's trying to get more energy into the cell and so you might load the position load an exercise in the shortened position of so it's like in its contracted position and it's loaded most there so now all of a sudden your liver starts sending um, energy to that cell and it's like okay that's good and then you're gonna also focus on like shorter rest periods. And it's like, and all these different strategies to like teach your body to send energy there. And it's like, there are a couple different um, strategies that he's gonna go over. And so right mm-hmm. now I'm like trying to go back through the course cause it gets really complex. And right. it's like, hopefully I'm buying into like the right thing. The guy seems to know. Yeah, no, uh, he seems knowledgeable. <laughs> uh, if, if, if. Some something was quack, yo. I'll, I'll let you
0: know. I was <laughs> like, Chris, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, spend maybe, your yeah. money and time on on, on this thing. Uh, the
1: money's already spent. <laughs> <laughs> not the maybe time you yet, Maybe don't spend right? as much time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but yeah, tell me, for yeah. like the first thing you said about the shortened position, what are you talking about? Give me like a like, example so
1: our listeners and the viewers can understand. Yeah. So I actually think about in all of my programming, um, whether it be for a composition client or somebody looking for like orthopedic health, um, just taking the muscle through its full range of motion. So mm. the way muscles work is they like they fully lengthen, So, which is the eccentric. I don't know um, if everyone knows what that is, but sort of the lowering process where you're resisting gravity mm. is going to be as the muscles lengthening. Mm-hmm. And so- Kind of like, you know, like when I'm- Yeah, so if put- you're doing a bicep curl. yep the way down, the muscle starts lengthening. Yeah, yeah. And so we can do things where you can shorten that muscle based on like where that arm is in space. Mm. Um, for example, if we bring our arm up here and we come into this position, this'll be more of like the short heads or the long head's shortest position. Mm-hmm. And so then we can bring it behind us and it'll be the long head's more lengthened position. So, right, right. so what you're saying, there's a difference between doing a bicep
0: here versus here versus yes here okay and And you're manipulating that
1: to create more effects for fat loss is that what you're saying yeah potentially so for example also when you're doing something in this shortened position there's going to be more or there's going to be less muscular damage so that person can come back in tomorrow and be like hey i feel really good they burned a bunch of calories and now all of a sudden they're not sore and it's like Mm. i can do that again and so when you're working with somebody who's a fat loss client it's like okay how do i work you metabolically how do I get you to do more and be able to do more again tomorrow and be able to do more again the next day what you're saying is now
0: I want you to kind of dress all the listeners here because I think there's a big misconception that you have to come out of a workout feeling like shit in order for you to make progress yeah because that's what I used to believe in too It's like I go in the gym and I'm like yo I want to get crushed right and the next day I couldn't walk But I'm like, yo, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) But what you're you're saying
1: is, that's not true? No, definitely not. Well,
0: yeah, (laughs) tell everyone, because I'm sure you can explain it much better than I can, because I'm out of the the training field for a bit now.
1: Yeah, so, um, one, if you're somebody who's a fat loss client, right? um, Just because we were already talking about that. The more you move, the more calories you're probably going to burn. Um, so you sitting there loading something in the shortened position, realistically, you're probably not going to be super sore, but you may have gotten enough of the stimulus that we were trying to achieve to be able to say, Hey, that workout was perfect. We burned enough calories or we worked on the things that we needed to work on. Um, we got stronger in the things we got, we needed to get stronger in, come back tomorrow and we're going to rinse and repeat and can be a different workout where we work different things. But you don't necessarily need to be sore, especially in terms of that. Um, now, for somebody who is trying to gain muscle, they may be. There's this. The thought right now is that most exercises, when trying to build muscle, you want to like or you want to load things in the lengthened position. Mm-hmm. So, if you were working a bicep curl, being down in this position, or a better example is a squat. You're trying to grow your quads. The bottom of a squat is where that quad is most lengthened. So yeah. that's probably going to be a good position to grow. So yeah. you may be a little bit sore, especially in the first couple of times when you're doing these new novel movements, mm-hmm. but eventually you should sort of get used to it. And there's times where you will be sore, but you don't need to be sore every single workout mm-hmm. and sort of knowing when you're sort of ramping it up and it's like, all right, I'm going to be sore after this workout because I needed more volume to be able to achieve what I wanted, whether that be because you were stalling in terms of progress, or um, it was just something that was planned in your programming um, for the last week of your phase, or
0: mm. before
1: you're going into a deload, things like that, wow. so. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning
0: stuff right now as so, so we're talking. So, <clears throat> so, let me see if I can explain what you just said, what you just said with an example. So, of course, in, in a deep level of the squat, you're putting a lot of muscles in a more lengthened position and that can facilitate more growth of that muscle yeah now if you train that same muscle in a more shortened position you won't be able to gain as much muscle but you can still burn a lot of calories doing
1: that yeah so, so you're still loading the muscle you can still see um, some strength benefits but in general you're probably gonna see less like muscle damage or so less soreness okay
0: so like say for example uh someone wants to lose weight so maybe would they be better off doing like a
1: quarter squat so where Basically. a quarter squat, you're not, the weight's not loaded in the, in the shortened position. So if we were to do a squat, you can stand there almost all day
0: mm-hmm.
1: and nothing's ever really happening. So for quads, um, the, one of the only exercises that really loads something in the shortened position would be something like a leg extension. Mm-hmm. So you can do qu- quarter squats, but at the end of the day, based on like physics, so I don't know. Like if you're thinking about moment arms um, the further so moment arm is the furthest as the as the <laughs> low gets further away from like the joint yeah that's when things will become heavier so if you're thinking about a squat, you're standing straight up, you're vertical, so now all of a sudden, as your knees start to shift forward and move away from your uh the center of gravity, the quads start to take on more of a load so yeah. um using a leg extension would be a better example than a right. quarter squat. Okay,
0: I got it. So someone who wants to really gain a lot of size, full squats can be great, but someone who's trying to get some weight loss, maybe they're better off doing a lot of leg extensions so they're not going to be as sore the next day. Potentially.
1: Now, okay. when you're doing a squat, somebody may also, if you're just trying to get them to burn more calories, All right. doing a full squat, they may sit there and they may burn more because it's more of a compound movement. There's more going on. They're getting Mm -hmm. some more glutes. They're getting some adductors. So there's more happening, but it's just sort of realizing that you could do something else. Like there's the option. Maybe you do some squats, but then you follow it up, but you don't go to failure necessarily on those, but then you maybe go to failure on the leg extensions because that's the more shortened position. So you beat yourself up on the leg extensions and then like, hopefully you're not gonna be less sore. Once again, first couple times doing it, maybe a little bit just because like, it's a new movement to you, right. but in general, you're probably gonna be less sore.
0: Oh, <clears throat> that's so interesting. So, so that's how you can give someone like a five-day workout plan, yeah. have them lose weight and not have them overwork themselves and have them be able to sustain that over time because yeah. they're not just feeling like crap.
1: Yeah, it's five days a week. It was something that, like, I never sort of realized until, like, I started to understand, like, the physics and, like, the biomechanics of exercises, and it's, like, mm-hmm. I started playing around with it and, like, some of the failures, and it's, like, some I used to have people before I realized it, it's, like, all right, we right, we're gonna, you want to go five days a week, and it's, like, they're just toast after, like, day three. It's, like, all right, we squatted, and, you know, if you're working with somebody who's really advanced, they may be able to handle that, but it's, like, I work with a lot of people who are coming to the gym for the first time and it's like, all right, I'm ready to go. Like, let's get it done. Like, I've never lifted before, but like, I'm finally ready to make this change. And it's like, you give them squats and then a leg press and then they're like, all right, I can't walk for three days. And it's like, well, there goes our five days out the window. And it's mm-hmm. like, maybe that works well for somebody who's advanced, but for that person who's never lifted, it's like, all right, if I just have you squat and then like, we get some leg extensions, you'll be absolutely fine. Wow. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. And another thing on yeah. last time I talked to you, you were using a lot of machines and I think there was a shift, I don't know when it happened, where everyone loved machines and then they're <laughs> like, Your machines suck and we're gonna do just functional training, just like free weights. And then and then I see you and you're back on the machines. Now I I'm a I've been I've been around long enough that I've never gonna just say no completely to something yeah so i love that you're doing that but tell me what got you back into machines because i know at the time that you were doing it i think you were kind of like with the first trainer in the gym to go back to using machines for the clients where everyone else is just backing away
1: yeah there's a couple of us who have sort of moved back in that direction um but i'm a big fan of this idea of added stability like um pat davidson uses the term ground um I just like using the term like you're having like an external stability so our bodies like to cheat like we're constantly trying to find like what's the what's the easiest way for me to do this And like I don't want to do that or like I have to compensate because that's really hard and so when you start using some of these machines and like if you set them up in like particular ways you're not letting yourself cheat um, mm-hmm. for example there's a hammer strength like plate loaded row, which we, which I showed you, um, and it's just a machine that you can, typically is used where you just grab the handles, you sit down, and then you start pulling, and um, as I was showing Jay, you can put a handle on it around the top, and use the pad as a armrest to sort of lock you into place, so the only thing happening is what's happening throughout your arm, and then, so... I got you. So you pretty much what you're doing is with the
0: machine is finding a way to free certain body parts of free certain body parts, so the muscle that you're targeting is the only one that really should be doing the majority of the work. Exactly. So you'd be very targeted for exactly what you're looking for.
1: 100%. And so if somebody comes in, they say, "Hey, like you were talking about, like the pec guy. It's like I want to grow my chest. It's like, okay, well most people when they come in, they want to sit there and do." Like a barbell press it's like a barbell press is going to grow their chest obviously but people may start cheating and like their uh, elbows start to flare and they're getting more of their front delts it's like mm-hmm. okay um then we can switch it to a dumbbell and it's like okay they had like six good reps and then all of a sudden seven and eight they started to flare and it's like okay those are great but now maybe we move you to a once you failed at that we can move you to like um, a plate loaded press where you have no option, but your arms are sort of in that same line. Right. So,
0: you know, that's very similar to what we do in rehab here. <laughs> we say we want to give muscles no choice, but to contract. Like everyone have trouble using their glutes. Yeah. Well, we need to put all the joints in a position in which this is the only muscle that can work because we're putting that joint there. It's kind of like, if I put, give you a weight here and I have you hold on to it. And I say, don't use your bicep, it's going to be impossible. Yeah. because this bicep has to work when you pull it down all the way here now we can manipulate this position for any muscle part that we want for any joint that we want i think one of the differences is that we do it in a like a free flowing space like something that resembles more like real life yeah versus in, in the gym environment you can use machines to really focus it like on just the training adaptation of that
1: exactly yeah. and so you know one of the things that i've also Realize or start to work with in terms of like that lengthening and shortening, um, or seeing muscles in the lengthened and shortened position is also. I've seen a lot of my clients have like better orthopedic health, like just sort of oh, yeah, them seeing like that full range of motion, the muscle being loaded in that full range of motion. It's like now all of a sudden, like things tend to just people have less soreness or they wake up less stiff. Like, I had a client um, who. He's absolutely been crushing it and he's down like 40 pounds. But he came in one day and he was like, he's like, yeah, like I just, I wake up and, you know, I'm just stiff. Like my hips are stiff and I'm like, he's like, it's just the way I'm going to live the rest of my life. I know it and it's cool. I'm like, that's not the way. Mm -hmm. And so we started focusing a little bit more on like some um, hip flexion or hip flexor exercises in like both where it's loaded in a lengthened position and it's loading in a shortened position. Then we started loading. Um, I started doing some glute medius work with him as well as like hip thrusts or single leg hip thrusts and then like a drop lunge, which would really lengthen that glute. And it's like he saw the full range of motion. I asked him a couple weeks ago. I'm like, how have your hips been feeling, by the way? He's like, oh, he's like I don't even notice them anymore. And it's like, cool. Like all that stiffness and tightness that you were feeling just needed to see like a full range of motion. And it's like, I didn't necessarily know what was the thing that was causing it. It's like, let's just go trial and error. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know the exact equation, but it's like, we'll find an equation that works. And it's like, Mm -hmm. we threw a bunch at him and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, wake up fine. So.
0: And I'll tell you this in rehab, there's a lot of problems that can be fixed if you can bring a muscle through full, full range of motion. I'm telling you, bring a joint full of, through a full range of motion under load in a way that feels safe for the nervous system magical things happen people who felt stiff for years and waking up and just notice things just gliding so much better and i think that's part of the reason why we work so well together because yeah. we although we are in different professions we really just we share a very similar uh, philosophy to how we work so you program for a lot of my clients and this is a feedback i get from everyone like hey man i don't think i felt so much the amount of gains I've had since working with Chris has been unbelievable. And they're not hurt. Yeah. That's my, that's my favorite part. Okay. <laughs> you know, I have to come not, back to you. They're <laughs> not <come laughs> back to me. I'm just like, ah. Oh. So I love when we can just find our PS clients who's done working with us and they're like, hey look, I wanna have a program that I can do in the gym that respects my body and it's gonna actually make me feel good physically and also help me build muscle or lose weight or whatever it is that I want to do at the same time. And, and I go, hey, look, my job is done. Yeah. Like I got you back to running, you know, whatever sports, like you're feeling good in your body, but you want to build muscle on top of this frame or you want to lose weight and, you know, do all these things. Chris is the guy you want to talk to. Like he's a person that can take you to the other level. And then when you have someone that gets hurt, and you're just kind of scratching your head, it's like, oh my God, what am I gonna do with this person? And you send them over to me, and I get them fixed up and I'm back to you. I love that cycle that we have. And, yeah. and for me, I think it makes the job so much easier when there's this level of communication that we have between like a trainer and a physical therapist. Like, what, what has been your experience just kind of having that congruency?
1: Yeah, so it always seems so seamless. Like- whenever I, if I ever send somebody to you, it's like, Hey Chris, these are the things that this person needs to work on. And it's like one, sometimes you'll tell me like exactly what you want me to do with them. But also too, you'll tell me and it's like giving me a little bit of autonomy to be like, Hey, like within your own, like philosophy and your own, like you said, we have similar philosophies, but like within your own sort of thing, work on this, um, this person needs like to work on their hip flexors and, and it's like, okay, like let's play around with some of like my exercises that it's like, you're going to do like, you're supposed to keep doing the things that you're supposed to do or they're supposed to do with you. And then they come in with me and it's like, all right, we're going to try to find a way how we work this in to also find a way to hit your goals. It's like your goal. Like one of the things I've noticed is when I send people to you, and they start working with you and then they keep working with me, their goals don't necessarily get put on pause. It's like if somebody's goal is to lose weight, it's like, okay, we don't have to wait eight weeks for you to run through physical therapy, for you to say, hey, like, we're good to go now. Like, it's just sort of like they go to you, hey, Chris, they're gonna be doing this, this, this. You should try playing around with a couple of these things and then um, just have that with the rest of it. It's like, cool and people just keep moving towards their goals versus like this big pause that like I would see sometimes if I send somebody to another physical therapist who has less communication or who is a little bit more conservative let's say it's like hey like you have you have uh, some rotator cuff issues here's a band let's get external rotations and like let's avoid any upper body movements for the next like six to eight weeks it's like all right well that doesn't help you get a bigger chest that you wanted so let's like we're going eight weeks in reverse so yeah that's yeah. that would be like what i would say like is the best part of like the like my experience working with you yeah yeah
0: i love it i mean i just for me i, I don't have that same trust for all the all trainers mm-hmm. like i can't just go to any trainer and be like hey this person's dealing with this back issue i want them to lengthen their their They're glued, so I want them lengthen this specific part of the muscle, and then just Mm -hmm. have at it. But I think for you, I can say those things to you, and I know you're gonna find a way that's gonna be safe when you put that muscle through that range, and then the client usually have no complaints. Yeah. And they come back, and I was, how's how's it going? Is like, yeah, great workout, and I was like, cool,
1: (laughs) and that's it. And
0: then every week, I'm seeing changes. And matter of fact, I think we see changes at a faster rate when they are working with someone else at the same time. Versus just working with us, because we can we can see we'll see them once a week usually. We don't normally see people more frequent than that. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe mean, maybe some really bad cases we'll have to see them a couple times a week. Uh, but we don't know what they're doing the rest of the five six days they're not seeing us. We can put them in, put stuff in their program. And <laughs> Who knows what they're doing? Who knows what they're doing? And also, we even program some of their workouts, right? But Having you with expertise to bring them through an even more refined plan, respecting what we do in rehab, I mean, I, I can't think of a better <laughs> like, yeah, way yeah. to do it. Like, if but, I was a client, I would definitely want
1: that relationship. Yeah, where you have both, like, working in unison. So. Okay. I had a question for you, though. You were talking earlier about um, that, like, the nervous system works really well when it's comfortable. Yeah. And you were saying, like, a lot of the stuff that you do is, like, based on, like, free motion things. And I was wondering if you think that part of, like, sort of where I told you, like, I've transitioned a little bit into, like, using more machines, that with that external stability, um, sometimes, like, you can load things in ways, but, like, with the external stability, would that be something that you would think that would also help somebody's, like, nervous system be like, hey, I'm comfortable in this lengthened and shortened position? Like, maybe that's one of the reasons that some of the clients I work with actually have noticed less, like, stiffness or they notice like they're in less pain or Mm -hmm. um just sort of you mentioned that I was like just sort of going back in my head I was like it's actually interesting absolutely I think it's just a framework that you wrap
0: around the problem with Mm -hmm. right there's so many ways to make the nervous system feel safe um one of them is just making something work in a way supposed to that you think is supposed to give you a lot of pain and in, in fact it doesn't that's very reinforcing for the nervous system. So someone with a, with a bum shoulder and they go into a machine and you work these muscles surrounding the shoulder and they come out and they feel great. That does wonders for the nervous system. Or for us, it could be us having them put their hands in a certain way on a wall and kind of pushing back and feeling a lot of burn in these forearms or whatever muscles and they come out and they feel great. That's something that makes their nervous system more comfortable. So there's so many different ways that you can go at it, and when the nervous system is more comfortable, the body changes. Like, you ever seen someone super anxious and they're walking around?
1: <laughs> all day, <laughs> yeah, all day, right? Yeah.
0: As everyone, very stiff right? You see someone on vacation and they're they're walking on the beach, (laughs)
1: dude, gliding. (laughs) (laughs) Smooth gliding, right? And then they come back, or they're on vacation, you talk to them and they're like, yeah, like, I was in no pain throughout my entire vacation. And they come back and they're like, I'm so, I'm miserable. Like, it was definitely the plane. It's like, yeah, was it the plane? (laughs) Yeah, is it the (laughs) plane? It's just the fact that you were just less stressed while you were like walking around on a beach in, in Hawaii. like That's
0: huge. I mean, the whole mental side of it is huge but taking it from a physical perspective is 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 huge too and i'm not really deciding which one comes first because i think they come together because i've seen cases where someone's physically uh, mentally very um i want to say unstable but they're very stressed in the nervous system they're in a fight-or-flight response because of something's happening to the body but do we go straight to the to the mind and say, hey, I want you to meditate and all that. Yes, everyone should. But what if we go physical and we go, well, let's just give you your muscle, healthy movements that you think is dangerous and just literally prove to you objectively that you can do it and not set yourself back. And what that does here goes back and changes what they feel in the body too. So there's this cycle that that can happen. And it can start anywhere. Like, this is an example I give that you go, you go into a pool, and, and, and the lifeguard say, Hey, man, the pool's really cold. And you're like, OK, so you're going to go in there like nervous, and then you tip your toes in, and you're like, Damn, it's having that cold. And then instantly, your body just kind of like, <laughs> lets it go, right? Yeah. So, if you mentally think something's going to be really feel awful, and then you find a way to counteract that mentality, whether it's physical, whether it's just you'd be thinking yourself out of it. That can be very therapeutic.
1: I like that. I've, I don't know exactly how, like, you know, as a trainer, try not to work with, like, no, stay within your scope of practice, but it's, like, thinking about that for a certain – a couple of my clients who are, like, deal with whether it be stiffness or, like, just who are, like, always uptight, and it's, like, how do you – How can that relate to them? And so, I like that. Yeah. I mean,
0: the way you frame things, the language that you use, can change the way you feel physically, mentally, and and everything else. Uh, I have people do something and and they'll go, yeah, it's probably going to hurt tomorrow. I was like, why you say that? (laughs) You know? And then when it does hurt, It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It just reinforces feedback loop with the nervous system that every time I do this, it's gonna hurt. Every time I do this, it's gonna hurt. Versus some of the people, they go do this, and it's like, eh, maybe it'll hurt tomorrow, maybe not. And tomorrow they go, and it's like, oh, I swear it's gonna hurt. And it doesn't hurt, we just start to break that loop. Yeah. That's really what we're doing. We're just breaking down loops and patterns that's kind of been a default in the nervous system. How do we create new pathways that's actually healthy for the person?
1: It's so crazy because that would make so much sense, and it's so crazy that like physical therapy doesn't have more of that or traditional physical therapy doesn't have more of that sort of integrated within it, it I can go into a tangent on that I'm sure but, yeah, <laughs> but uh, what
0: I think is just it's very hard to change standardized school schooling like they've been teaching this subject for such a long time, and the board exams been testing on these subjects for such a long time it's very hard to make a move on, on a giant ship right you gotta steer real slow yeah but when you break yourself out of that mold and be able to kind of think for yourself and learn things you can you can sh- take that ship anywhere you learn some new things so or how does it fit into my paradigm how do I fit it into what I already know and if I learn some things and it doesn't fit at all well like, was well, it worth it to integrate it cause it'd be really hard yeah. to integrate things from two separate paths
1: also I feel like is something that's harder to, like when you're trying to teach people that, and it's like harder to necessarily see results on, a, on paper. And it's like when you're sitting there like reading a book about it and it's like, I feel like that's a little bit harder to like convince somebody. And then but like when you are in person and you actually sit there and you do it with somebody and they're like, it's all, it doesn't hurt doing this it's like a complete game changer, but when you're reading about it, it's like almost seems like uh, like magic. It's like, okay, I'm supposed to believe that this thing that, like, I didn't really strengthen anything, changed, like, the whole system, but, yeah. yeah. I, I've watched it a million stuff. times with you, so <laughs> yeah. I believe it, as everyone else should, but I believe, like, on paper, it's got to be, like, a harder thing to convince somebody of, especially, like, going through um, like, school. And I'm sure, like, all the other things that you learn in school are really important, like, sort of molded you into how you got here, but... Yeah.
0: I mean, even practitioners that I speak with, clinicians that I speak with, they watch what we do, and they, they don't really understand or don't think it really works until I explain it in a way that makes sense and then in their own body, and it's like, okay, it actually works, yeah. and... There's this like magical moment in which what you learn and then apply it and it actually works, and it just you still c- can't believe it because you're like I know it's supposed to, but that has not really been the case so far.
1: <laughs> well, when Brocky was here, he had the wedge under my foot, or he had me do an overhead press, and my overhead presses always feel not great. and then he had me stand on a wedge in like with one foot forward and like a split stance, and it just went up like butter and I was like. Wait, what? I was yeah. like, that's a, it's like, that's a thing. Like just by placing this little ramp underneath my big toe and all of a sudden, like the rest of the chain just sort of shot up. Just the foot is huge. That's yeah. why we focus on it so much.
0: You change the shape of the foot, the femur changes, the tibia changes, the ribcage changes, everything starts to change based on what's happening down here. And it just makes sense, right? You start with the foundation and based on that, everything on top has to adjust just based on the way that you can kind of uh, fight gravity. Yeah. All right, I want want to leave with this question here. It is, what kind of advice would you give to, like, young trainers starting out in this field and wanting to kind of become good at the craft?
1: Yeah, so most importantly, I think, Mm -hmm. is putting your clients, like we talked about why my clients really like me being very genuine and like really wanting to help your clients. Like if you're here, you know, money is obviously one of the reasons like we all work, but if you get into it because you're trying to like really help somebody and like help people move along in their journeys that a lot of these people have had these goals to lose 20 pounds for the last 20, 30 years. And it's like, you can be part of that. And that's the best part about being a trainer. So if you're in it for that reason, I think that's one of the biggest pieces of advice, but also keep learning because there's so much more that you don't know and you owe it to the people that are paying you to at least be trying to figure out what the best thing is for them. Mhm. So, those are my that would be my
0: advice to them. I think that's the same advice I give to the team. Um so I was gone for like close to a month in October and I say when well, I'm not here to make decisions, this is the decision framework that you want to make. Make the decision that is going to give the best experience for the client that you're seeing. Make a decision based on that, and even if say we lose some money because of that decision that we make, it doesn't matter, because that's why we even exist in the first place. And if we make decisions that's actively going against that, well, that's that's how things fail, Yeah, because you start to then you lose trust and people look at you and say oh they're just in it for, for the money you know whatever but yes we need to make some money that's for sure we need to pay that's the, the that's bills the right <laughs> that's, how you,
1: that's how you have this place it's how i have my house it's yeah i got a kid at home it's like all those things require money yes yeah. but if you're not sitting there and like you're not putting like the people and when you're sitting there for that hour where you're with that client and if you're not with them and like 100% focused on them and have put the time and effort in before that session. It's like you're doing them a disservice, and then you're and at the end of the day, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're not going to be as busy. You're not going to be as good at your job. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's good advice for trainers. That's life advice, and that's
0: even business advice. All right, there you go. Hey. All three. You got all three without uh, with only asking one question. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, thank you so much. It's been an no absolute pleasure. Um, if anyone is looking for Chris, where can, we, where can people find you? I know you're not really active on Instagram. Sure. By the way, some of the best coaches out there are not active on social media. They just grind and do the work in silence, and you get their clients better. Chris is one of those people. Yeah. But where, where can people yeah. find you if they want to find you? Um. Through you. <laughs> um, contact me. Yeah, contact me. You can find me. At some point, um, maybe you start like uh, a social media page or something.
1: Yeah, I've talked about it for a while and then um, and just never did. So I yeah. I was trying to actually set one up while I was playing overseas and I was like, I'm gonna get a bunch of sponsors, like make some extra cash. And I just never knew what to post. So. Yeah, it's a hard game, man. Yeah. So, it doesn't help that I would post something and I was like, mm, I don't know about that one. Like, all right. oh, So I had her being like my social media like person. That's a mistake. That's a yeah. mistake. Yeah, I, I don't want anything by yeah. Shirley. <laughs>
0: I think if she has an opinion on my stuff, I, I think I'll probably produce 1% of what I produce. <laughs> <laughs> I would just embarrass her too much. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's part of your job, man, as a husband. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Cool. Find me to find Chris. Yeah, thank you. (laughs)